Hey guys, we are proud to announce that we got our first sponsor, Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink that is made to give you focus with no crash, jitters, or angst like other energy drinks. Dubby contains no calories, no sugars, no fillers, no artificial colors, and no maltodextrin. Make sure to use our code against the call for 10% off your next purchase at www.w.gg. Hey, Against the Call listeners, you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Anchor, with YouTube coming soon. There will be a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you tune into those. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Call. I'm joined by my co-host Michael. Today we're going to be talking via Zoom. I'm I'm back in college, but uh, today's lineup we got the pregame, you know, the introductions that we always do. We're going to have a college football playoff final discussion, the future of college football, where we're going to give our preseason top ten. Uh, after that, we're going to have crystal ball player um, college football edition 2023, who we believe is going to be the early Heisman candidate. We're also going to go through our NFL playoff brackets where we'll give, go through each game and who we think will win all the way up to the Super Bowl. We're going to have a new segment called Who's Your Daddy, where the guys are going to name who owns their favorite NFL team. Uh, after that, we're going to have lunch table talk. We're going to be talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Skip Bayless. After that, we're going to be diving into UCF 2022 recap, just talking about UCF sports. Um, if you guys are interested in that, wait, and I'm sorry if you're a USF fan and you're listening, sorry about that, but you should definitely listen because we did better than you in every sport. And then after that, um, NBA games of the weekend, who is the biggest baseball baseball guy? That is going to be a super fun topic, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have our countdown of the best MLB players going into the next season, the top five. After that, we're going to have our draft day, or sorry, Mike's Locks, where we're going to be, we'll see what happens with Mike's Locks in a second. But then after that, we're going to have our draft day, best people named Justin. That is going to be a super fun draft. So uh, make sure you wait till the end for that. But anyways, so Michael, did you get a chance to uh, watch that college football playoff final? Of course I did. I was watching while I was editing some graphics for this. It wasn't oh, yeah. even like close, bro. That was yeah. the, the big, I'm pretty sure that was like the biggest blow in championship history or like um, close to it. Before we get into that, I just I totally forgot the pregame. The pregame, we have big, big news to share with everyone. Um, so the other day, we got our first sponsor. Everyone, shout out to Dubby D U B B Y. Um, they're an energy sports or they're an energy like drink thing. Think of like G Fuel in a sense, the way that they like sell their tubs full of powder. You mix it in the drink and everything like that. So it'd be a great we appreciate it greatly if you would use our promo code against the call no spaces against the call for 10 percent off your next purchase um we're gonna it's gonna be fun working with them and you know you always remember your first you always remember you know the first people that are gonna help you out at the beginning so we'll see what happens there uh anything you want to add about dubby no it's it's really cool that we actually got our first sponsor already so early in our yeah. uh, career for this it's gonna be really fun go check it out Again, our code is against the call. 10% off your next purchase. Yeah. But right back into it, there wasn't much of a game. There there definitely wasn't much of a game at all. So Georgia beats TCU 65 
to seven. <laughs> this, and, am, um, I, am I wrong? This is like the this is the biggest blowout in history for college. Yeah. Football. So this is this is the largest margin of victory in any BCS or college football playoff championship game. Uh, also, they led at halftime, being up thirty-eight to seven, which was the largest halftime victory since Miami led Nebraska thirty-four-zero in the two thousand two BCS national championship. And on top of that, Georgia putting up 17 in the first quarter was the most in the first quarter in all of BCS and college football playoff history. Georgia was going so first quarter, halftime, full game, largest uh, victory, largest amount of points in all those categories. And this was such a big blowout. I don't know if you've seen the clips, but Georgia players were going to the sidelines. They met up with some like Georgia fans that were in the crowd and they were getting chicken wings and like they were getting food. This was like past halftime. They were already celebrating. I mean, 38 to seven at halftime. There's, and uh, you know, the funniest thing is, is like Barstool is like reporting how TCU is like that fourth quarter team. (laughs) (laughs) They're that fourth quarter team. They're going to come in and they're going to, you know, come back. They're the comeback team, dude. You know, but um, Uh, this brings up another point of Sonny Dykes, the head football coach for TCU. He was talking mainly like there was a press conference beforehand where he was all about, oh, you know, SEC teams, they got an easy schedule like near the end when they play, you know, Citadel and FCS teams half the time, uh, which there he does serve a point there. There is a lot of times where you play against, you know, some nobodies near the end for the SEC schedule, but you got to think about just how big and how powerful of a conference the SEC is. Like this just goes to prove by millions how big the SEC is compared to, you know, a team like TCU or a team, you know, an American conference, whatever. And I mean, just, just think, bringing that up, <laughs> Cincy, Cincinnati held a closer game with Alabama than TCU did against yeah. this Georgia team. Um Give us false hope in this game. No, yeah. I By the end of the first quarter, we had a bunch of people over since I'm back at UCF now. We had a bunch of people over for the dorm to watch the game. There wasn't much watching that happened after the first quarter. We went ahead and pulled out of the folding table and started playing some poker. So there, there wasn't much. Um, but another thing to mention about this game, first back-to-back title since 2011 and 2012 Alabama teams. And a funny thing about that, Kirby Smart was on both of the both sides of this. Cuz he was um he was a coordinator, I can't remember if he was OC or DC. It just left my mind, but he was an OC or DC at Alabama for those years. Yeah. Um so obviously he's taking that championship blueprint with him to Georgia and it's it's been history from there. Um, but Georgia closed as a 13.5 point favorite, which was the largest favorite in a championship game since the 1998 volunteers. Yeah. And I really um, wanted John to be on this episode because I was going to bring up, this was the biggest blow in history, obviously with, uh, number two, the biggest margin was the number one, Nebraska beat the number two Florida Gators with a 38 point differential 62 to 24 in their game. So I want, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. dude. Another thing too, the, yeah, the one podcast that you guys filmed without me at first, I thought he got it right. Like he said, Georgia was going to win 64. And then he said, TCU 50 something. And I was like, I I was like, damn, he was so close. If he just said it was going to be a blowout, he would have like, he was joking, obviously, but he would have like predicted it. (laughs) 
I'll give him it'll be John's locks after that. that <laughs> no, yeah. I mean John's somehow won like a lot in price picks, anyways. I don't I don't know, but anyways, Stetson Bennett. Uh, you know, he's he's been a little popular TikTok clip for us lately. Uh, a lot of yeah. people, you know, they, they've had their fair share of words that they wanted to say, but Stetson Bennett finished his career as a Georgia starter with a 29 and 3 record. Yep. Um, he finished this game 18 of 25 with 304 yards and four tutties before uh, he was he was pulled in the fourth quarter. And I remember watching this game and I was like, I'm watching a national championship game where they're literally pulling out the starting quarterback at the beginning of the fourth quarter. This is sad. Like this yeah, is that, that's so sad, dude. It's, <sighs> it's so tough because I really wanted TC to do good. And I thought yeah. after the mission game they would would do good. I thought they were gonna be like a good team to face and nope. I mean, I did figure that Georgia was going to win this game, but I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I thought yeah, that TCU exactly. was definitely going to have that underdog mentality. My my entire envisionment of this game was TCU makes it close, and then they have a like game-winning drive, and they come up short, and it's sad on both ends. But they were so far down going into like the end of the second quarter to where I'm, I just want to know what the speech was at halftime. I saw like a lot of memes like Waterboy, like the halftime in Waterboy, where he's just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like, this was such a big blowout that the players on TCU weren't like, usually when you lose a national championship game, any big championship game, there's a few players that are crying, you know, because of how sad it is. If there was any crying that was done, it was before halftime because yeah. there was, I mean, I, I just remember watching like after halftime. They're, they're getting demolished by Georgia's secondary. And Max Duggan is just – his face, you could see that he's just like, there's nothing I can do. Like, yeah, this is this is what it's come to, and I can't do anything about it. Yeah, um, they knew they lost after that half, the half dude. There's yes. no coming back from that. If it would, it would have been uh, a crazy comeback story, but it didn't happen. They had the full underdog story going for them, and then the super dog just demolished them. Like – no, yeah. And then my my crystal ball player uh, that we did near the beginning, I think it was like episode two or something like that. We each picked our crystal ball players. My crystal ball was Brock Bowers and dude showed up. I mean, he had uh, seven receptions for 152 yards and a touchdown with his longest being a 35 yard catch. So, I mean, my crystal ball player was correct there. I'm yeah, happy about off. that. Yeah, uh, Brock Bowers, he he is that guy. He's one of the best tight ends in college football that we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, but also there was there was a the, lot of the drafts this year. No, he's not. He's coming yeah. back. Uh he he's a sophomore this year. So oh, he is. I thought yeah, I thought he was a sophomore. I thought he was gonna be a junior. No. Nah. So um on top of that, I do want to mention that I, as I was watching the game, Georgia was making a lot of hard catches. Like TCU's second sorry, excuse me, TCU's secondary, they were uh the catches that were made near like the end zone and near like the sidelines. TCU's secondary was like putting the pressure on. Like they were it, they were there. Yeah, and the crazy catches happy. I was seeing, yeah. There was like, you know, some that are like right over the guy. There's some that are like Near the helmet. I mean, there was some crazy catches made by Georgia receivers. That was just super impressive to watch. And I, I'm glad that they – one thing I do want to mention, I'm so glad that they kept running up the score because I wanted this game – like, by the time it was halftime, I was like, I want this game to go in the history books for, like, biggest 
like yeah. margin of victory and they kept it going and like even when they brought in their um their second string he kept the game going he was still like wanting to score and i remember the commentators were talking about like any squad that comes out on georgia whether it's second strings third strings first strings they're gonna like want to score on you and yeah. that's exactly what they did uh also nfl first round hopeful jalen carter he he's supposed to be going in the first round potentially top 10 for jalen carter uh he uh there even some people are saying number one pick besides will anderson jr or bryce young so potentially top three for Jalen Carter. He only had two total tackles and two solo tackles in this game. He was outshined by um, Samael Mondin Jr. with his five total tackles and four solo tackles. So Georgia's defense being the best in the nation, I mean, it, they, they proved it once again. One thing I do want to mention as well, TCU last season finished five and seven. And they were picked to be number seven in their own conference in the Big 12 conference. Um, so, so for them to have that expectation of being super low in their own conference and then coming back the next season and going to the national championship game, there's not much more that TCU fans could ask for other than maybe beating Kansas State in their uh, conference championship game. But, yeah. you know, they, they TCU they fans. The championship. They got a bowl game. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got a bowl. Game. They did get a bowl game win, you know that, that which is super big, especially in New Year's Six yeah. bowl games, a uh, playoff bowl games. Those are big for the program. And as you've seen, there's like been like three or four, maybe even five, like Alabama like starters and second stringers or whatever that have transferred to TCU. So yeah, it's yeah, beat, very big for their Michigan. program. They beat Michigan. A lot of people didn't think they would. That's just, that's still something too. Exactly. The TCU fans have everything to be happy about. They just went against one of the most dominant teams and that we've had um, in, a, in a little bit, really, because, I mean, this Georgia team is just they have the blueprints to win national championships. And I truly do think that after seeing this performance and seeing Kirby Smart and how smart he actually is, like they are the new Bama. They they just are. And I remember. Um, David Polak or Poliak, however you pronounce his last name, he's on college game day. Uh, he they had Nick Saban up there with him, and he was like, he says it like straight to Saban. He's like, Georgia is the new like powerhouse of college football, and Saban yeah, just kind of Saban's face too. He, just sat there, <laughs> he sat there and just took it, bro. He took it. Um, so also for a guy like Max Duggan, he threw a lot of picks in the Michigan game. Um, but Max Duggan was very good on his completions throughout the entire regular season. And in this game, he threw two picks in the first half and he only had like 97, 93 yards, um, in the first half. Uh, he just got absolutely crushed every time, every time I look at this TV, like once we kind of stop watching it, every time I look at the TV, I just see Max Duggan getting sacked like yeah, every time like that, line that or he's just throwing it. <laughs> no, they were not, dude. They were not at all. And uh, lastly, to cover up this entire college football final discussion, the last four national champions have all been SEC teams. Oh, yeah, they have, haven't they? Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, like, well, head coach Josh Heupel of the Tennessee Vols, you know, legendary coach here, um, he was on, like, a podcast or a talk show sort of thing, and people were asking him about the playoffs, and he said the playoffs should literally just be, like, the top four SEC teams playing. <laughs> which i mean i don't i don't blame him and 
now that we're going to have this 12 team playoff come in the future, I'm here to say it like right now, there will be a playoff game or a top four like playoff pitcher in the future, all four SEC teams. I can I see that happening. That 12, uh, 12 team playoffs. It's going to be Me fun too. to watch. It will be a lot of fun. And I, I think that with that, there will come a lot of good upsets that yeah, we're going to be excited exactly. to see. But then again, whenever you're going to have your Georgias and your Bamas, they're they're probably still going to make it all the way there. I mean, they're just good programs. So, not when they face UCF though. UCF's going to get bad official dub. <laughs> I think UCF plays TCU next year. I could be yeah. wrong, but I think that they're in the same like division as TCU. Oh well, yeah, Big because of the Big Twelve. So yeah, they probably will. So we'll see, but that that is the end of the college football playoff final discussion. Uh, we're going to be jumping right into the future of college football, where we're going to give our preseason top ten. Um, so, Michael, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll, I'll go first. So, as many know, I started like watching college football this year, a little bit last year started. So, don't hate me for some of these picks. All right. So, all my right. number ten, I'm going to have Oregon. I might. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Now that I always, I, even before I watched it, they were like big team. They had Justin Herbert on the team, and mm-hmm. I, I see they get transfers every year, and they're always a solid team. So that's they're at ten. Uh, uh, my nine, I have FSU. Yeah. Com- coming off a big season this year, it, like shocking a lot of people. They did very, very good, and they're how how many people are going to the draft on their team? Not many, right? Yeah, not many. So a lot of their team, a few of their defensive there. players. Yeah, yeah, but they're also getting transfers. I keep seeing they get transfers too. So they're building even a better team for next year. And they were, they did amazing. Like the, who, what was who they playing the bowl game again? That was uh, Oklahoma. Was Oklahoma, and that was a great game. I, I was watching that game. That was a very fun game to watch. And it was that win, but was, Oklahoma was only six and six this yeah, past season. They I, were all. I was just like. Yeah, that's a good point. And then my number eight, I have USC. I have what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then my seven, I have Tennessee. Really? Okay, nice, nice. That was for you. That was for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> At my six, <laughs> I, I have LSU. At my five, I have Penn State. Okay. Number four, Ohio State. Number three, Alabama. Number two, Michigan. Number one, TCU. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Georgia. Georgia <laughs> one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. That for your first like you know kind of official preseason list, that was fairly fairly good, and I think that we actually had most of the same teams, um, just a little bit of different order. So I think that like when making this, this was like where I see each of these teams ending the season, um, which I think, you know, you did the same thing. But so for my number 10, I have Tennessee. Uh, My reason for that is Joe Milton is a great quarterback. The way that he slings the ball is incredible. Like, I don't know if you've seen his clips, but he, whenever you're trying to get a deep ball to somebody, Joe Milton is your guy. And there's been times in the past when they took Hooker out and they put Joe Milton in just to throw a Hail Mary. Um, he's that guy. Uh, the thing is with Joe Milton that I've watched every time he's played, 
he's great with a deep ball, not always accurate with a deep ball, and he's not always accurate with the short passes. He has such a powerful arm that when he throws the ball, it's like a bullet, like headed straight to you. And that's not good for the short and medium medium passes. So he has a lot to work on. I'm hoping that Peyton Manning will kind of work on work on it with him over the offseason. But also we we could be seeing some Nico Iamalavea action this upcoming season, uh, which I really hope that we do. And I'm excited for the orange and white game coming up in the spring. But another thing, a lot of returners are coming back. There's gonna we have all three of our running backs coming back. We got Jalen Wright, uh, Sampson, and Jabari Small. They're all returning. Small was second in SEC for um, most rushing touchdowns for running backs. So I mean, he's coming off a great year. We did lose Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, two of our top wide receivers. But on top of that, we just picked up uh, Dante Thornton from Oregon, who was heavily sought out in this transfer portal. He was sought out by big names like Alabama, Georgia, all of them. And he ended up coming to Tennessee on Monday this past week. Um, Not to mention we have upgrades to our secondary. Our secondary was so bad last season. It was some of the worst defense I've ever seen a team play other than the Kentucky game when we blew them out 44 to 16 or 44 to six. Sorry. That was the only time I saw them play like really good. Also, they played fairly good against Clemson. But the thing is with Clemson, you got, you know, their second strings in. So that's not saying much. So on top of that, we got four-star DBs coming in and four-star defensive players, and we also got transfers. So their secondary is going to be upgraded, which is going to keep them in the top 10. My number nine, I got Penn State. Penn State, they lost Sean Clifford, their starting quarterback, but last season they put up, they put up 11 wins last season. Two of the losses that they had were against both playoff teams, Ohio State and Michigan. So Penn State has a really bright future. Uh, freshman QB Drew Aller is very hyped uh, for the fan base. The fan base loves this guy. Apparently, after he was the top number two pocket passer in ESPN's top three hundred, he was number two for that for pocket passing. So they're really excited to see this uh, freshman. They're going to be starting him too, freshman starter at Penn State. But I think he has enough weapons surrounding him. Uh, most of their players were freshmen and sophomores like uh, Katrin Allen and Nicholas Singleton. So they basically like this really good team that they had, they really just have to rely on Drew Aller to get them to that next level. And we could be seeing them upset teams like Michigan and Ohio state next year. I mean, Penn state's done it in the past and they could do it again. So also um, their defense improved a lot last season from their new DC Manny Diaz. So we're seeing a whole new upgraded Penn state team next year. I truly believe that. Uh, also, they had a big, big win against Utah in the Rose Bowl. So that gives them great momentum yeah. going into the next season. Uh, at my number eight, I got Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix, he's returning. And Coach Dan Lanning had a very, very solid first season. I mean, some disappointments here and there, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, especially their first game. They lost to Georgia their first game, 48-3. to um, So, I mean, that's just another showing of Georgia's dominance. But yeah. They landed the number eight recruiting class in the nation, and they always are like top 10 for their recruiting classes at Oregon. It's it's crazy, crazy. But um, also their schedule makes it to where they'll be good. Like Oregon's schedule, they're not as hard as other schedules. Yeah, pretty easy. The Pac- yeah, the Pac-12 is improving with Colorado, USC, Utah, and all them. It is improving, but Oregon, you know, Bo Nix is coming off a great year for Bo Nix. He was a Heisman candidate. 
Um, he wasn't the top four Heisman candidates, but he was number six, I believe. So he had a great season that he had, but he's just got to take that next step this next season. This, I believe, is the last year. So he's going to have to prove that he's a quality quarterback going into the draft. So Oregon at my eight. At my seven, I got LSU. Um, Jaden Daniels is returning as well as all of his O-line. And we talked a lot about this when Brian was our guest. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. But also, speaking of Brian, Brian Kelly, the head coach, is a good football coach. He proved that he is a great football coach. Uh, everybody doubted him coming out of Notre Dame. You know, you don't play that many people going into Notre Dame, being an independent school and all that stuff. But he proved after getting 10 wins with an SEC team that he's a good coach. First year there. He's a super solid coach. Uh, they're hard schedule. The reason I have them on my seven, they're hard schedule. Being in SEC school, they're going to have to play um, Alabama next season. And after beating them like this previous season, I don't see Alabama losing uh, to them again. Yeah. Uh, they, and then also, we'll see if Texas A&M is better this year. I highly doubt it, but I think that Texas A&M will at least get a bowl game this upcoming year. Um, so on top of that, They've, they just need to fill some holes on their defense, but Mason Smith is returning next season after his torn ACL, which will help fill that hole. He was great before he tore his ACL. So they, they got the hole filled. Um, but at my number six, I got UC, USC. Um, sorry, James Draws, I got USC at my six, but Lincoln Riley's first year was a disappointing one, kind of like Coach Lanning's, but um, it was successful. You know, he, he Lincoln Riley doing Lincoln Riley things, he had a freaking Heisman come out of the school um, with Caleb Williams. Uh, he also, they got Dorian Singer from the transfer portal who led Pac-12 in receiving yards at Arizona with a thousand or 1,105 receiving yards. So, I mean, that's a really big pickup, another big weapon for Caleb Williams since he's returning. Yeah. Man, and there's Caleb not much Williams else to say. Better than he already is. Yeah, no, he, he definitely is. And I mean, there, there is potential that he could be uh, back-to-back Heisman. I really don't think that he deserved Heisman out of the candidates last season. That's uh, just my personal opinion. Um, but I think that he's definitely going to take that step and get USC a little bit higher, maybe win the Pac-12 this year. That's a potential thing. You know, if they can actually get past Utah, which they they can't get past the Utes some, for some reason. But um, at my number five, give me Florida State. Florida State at my number five, just missing the playoffs. All of FSU's top receivers and running backs um, are returning, and Jordan Travis is on fire, dude. Their quarterback is on fire. They won their last six games, and this was head coach uh, Mike Norvell's third year at FSU, and he won 10 games, and he's on a six-game win streak, like I mentioned. So, I mean, it's his third year there. He's doing great things. He's getting the culture back at FSU that they so desperately needed. Um after losing Jimbo Fisher, that was a big culture shock for them. Um, but Norvell got um, Bell, who was a top tight end in the transfer portal from South Carolina. He's he's getting Jordan Travis's weapons, which is great. Yep. Also, Jared Verse at uh, DB, who's a potential top 10 NFL pick, is returning. So, I mean, you, you got some solid defensive backs. They're all the, the, they're all returning. Um, and they got guys who are going to cover the – fill those void, the voids and holes that – um, for the DBs and cornerbacks that are going into the draft, they they got these guys. Mike Norvell is a very good recru recruiter. And you also could see Mike Norvell doing great recruiting at a school like Memphis. You know, whenever he coached at Memphis, 
he did such such a sh- solid job there. It was always a uh, big game between Memphis and UCF, you know, in the previous years. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm going to a basketball game tonight, Memphis versus UCF, and that should be a lot of fun. Um, right. Yeah. No invite. You want to come? You can slide. <laughs> you can slide. Uh, one thing though is whenever UCF does go into uh, the Big Twelve. I will be rooting for Memphis a little bit more. Um, I have a cousin that's going there next year and got to root for a hometown team up in Tennessee. So, you know, Memphis, they're Memphis Tigers. We'll, we'll see you guys next season. But as for now, we're still enemies. Um, but yeah, so that FSU is at my five, just, just so happened missing the playoffs. My number four, Michigan. Now I'm saying, I'm saying Michigan, but I'm really, if excuse me, iffy about this one. The reason I'm iffy about this one is Jim Harborough. Jim Harborough is expected, quote unquote, expected to take an NFL job. So if oh, I, did, I have Har- seen that, I have seen that. Yeah. You know, his brother is in the NFL and Jim Harborough yeah. has had some NFL coaching in the past, but that's for a different subject. I think that if he stays at Michigan, Michigan is top four team. They're the number four team. J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum are returning. Blake Corum is a, was a Heisman candidate before he got injured. He could have won Heisman if he didn't get injured. Um, also, Jim Har- Harborough, he's just – he's built the culture there. So, without him, we could see a little shakeup. But I do think there's still, like, a lot of good, like, players that are at Michigan. Whether he leaves or not, they could still do good. Um, but he's built – he Michigan had always had a winning culture. Um up until like every year they lost to Ohio State, you know, but now they're on a two-year win streak against Ohio State. Jim Harborough has brought that winning culture back to Michigan. So whether he leaves or not, I, I still think that they'll be top 10 if he stays top four. Um, at my number three, I got Alabama. And I got Alabama for the sole reason that it's Nick Saban. And Nick Saban is coming off one of his disappointing years. <laughs> you know what? Two losses. That's a disappointing year for Nick Saban, <laughs> which that's is saying it, it's saying something, dude. And Nick Saban has always every time he has a bad year, bad year, he comes back the next season and he just kills it. So yeah. it's it's going to be hard to replace Bryce Young, uh, especially with Noro, who's their second string. He has bad ball security. He he really does, but. I think that, you know, all the money that's at Alabama, they're going to get him a ideal QB coach to help they improve. Always do. They always find a good QB. They all, yeah, they always do. And, like, in the in the past, Alabama quarterbacks were so good in college, then they get to the NFL and they suck. But recently that's changed. And I think it's going to yeah. still be the same when Bryce Young enters the NFL. I think that he'll be – I think he'll be a pretty good quarterback eventually. Um it's also going to be hard replacing defensive players like Toa Toa. Um, I hate that guy. He's a traitor. But anyways, it'll be hard to replace him and Will Anderson Jr. Um, but it's Nick Saban. He, he's already got his transfers coming. He's already got, uh, you know, top three recruiting class in the nation. It's not going to be hard for Alabama to get to number three again. Um, so that's that. Now, number two, give me Ohio State. Um, Amika Agbuda and Marvin Harrison Jr. are returning. Those are their top wide receivers. And uh, Ryan Day is also just a legendary coach so far. Ryan Day has been doing like – he picked up right where Urban Meyer left off. 
and Ryan Day has just been playing or coaching at an elite level. And it's been fun to watch. Yep. And one thing to mention is like, I've seen a lot of things saying Marvin Harris, if Marvin Harrison Jr. Like didn't get injured um, in the, in the Georgia game, we could be seen, we could have seen an entirely different like national championship, which I truly believe. Um, yeah. I think it would have been way less of a blowout. Um, but, you know, the fact that Ohio State came one point within beating a great Georgia team is just yeah. super crazy. So Ohio State at two. Also, Ohio State at two, because no matter what, they're always going to be top 10 with their coaching and their players because they play. They don't play anybody that big. I mean, they're going to be playing against like Iowa, Wisconsin, and teams like that, teams that have like no offense. So, I mean, that's always going to happen. And somehow, sometimes they still find a way to like fall behind those teams, which is kind of funny to watch. But Ohio State at two. My number one for next season, no surprise here, Georgia. They've just been on an elite run lately. And one thing to mention was before this year, they lost 15 of their starters to the NFL draft, 15 before this year. And they still went unbeaten, and they demolished TCU in a national championship game. So whenever they lose players, it's they're not really losing much. They're just losing like star talent they already had. Uh, Georgia got a top three recruiting class yet again. And another thing to mention, Thomas and Lovett from Mississippi State and Missouri, they're great uh, wide receivers. The for They're just new weapons for the sophomore Beck, uh, sophomore Beck from uh, on Georgia. He was a second string that played a little bit in that game. Uh, there's going to be great weapons for him to throw to, not to mention Brock Bowers is back. So, I mean, Brock Bowers is going to be Brock Bowers, and he's going to be that guy that he's been for the past two years. And uh, also the last thing I want to mention with Georgia, they have easy out-of-conference games. Uh, they got easy out-of-conference games, one against Ball State. They got UAB they play next year. They got Georgia Tech, which, God, Georgia Tech, Georgia rivalry. It's not even a rivalry at this point. And then they're also playing UT Martin, which is an FCS team. So yeah. Georgia in the number so one is going to be again? Undefeated? Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll go undefeated yet again. Uh, it's all going to depend on um, this new sophomore quarterback that they have. If he is going to be, like, good, if he's going to be accurate and everything, which I didn't really get to see too much of him because he was always given the ball to run. I think that if he does good, then, yeah, they go into be unbeaten. If, if the, I think it all relies on the quarterback next year. It's all going to rely – they don't got Bennett, you know. They're going to have to rely on this bet kid to do their best work, and we'll see what happens. So that's my top ten. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up for college football uh, 2023 preview. So uh, the next thing we're going to get into, what crystal is that? Crystal ball, right? Yeah, yeah. Crystal ball? Yeah. I'll, yeah. You go ahead. Crystal ball player for college football 2023. Who do you have being your Heisman candidate? Who you got winning Heisman? Way I too early predictions. Way too early. but Way let's... too early. I'm going with Caleb Williams going back to back. That, oh my goodness! We'll see if they can beat Utah. Hey, he's getting, he got more. <laughs> he showed out this year, and now he's getting even more weapons for next year. I just think he's gonna just add to his resume. He's gonna go off like he did this year, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna carry that USC team to an even better ranking, and I think they're gonna like. They have a chance of. I don't think it's a big chance, but they have a good chance. And I think they they could make the playoffs as based on how he plays. And I think he's going to ball out next year. I mean, that's fair to say. I think 
I think you and majority, well, not majority, but a lot of people in the college football world think that Caleb Caleb Williams will go back to back, which I mean, it's definitely a possibility, especially with these stupid people that we have running the Heisman votes. I don't think that they like really understand what a Heisman looks like, yeah, but it's yeah, fine. Um, for my way too early, way, 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 way too early Heisman candidate, give me Jordan Travis from FSU. Jordan Travis, oh, my gosh. So the last six games that he played with a six-game win streak, he was on fire, dude. I don't know. I haven't seen a, like, FSU quarterback that is so mobile and good with a ball since Jameis Winston, honestly. And Jameis Winston, he – one thing to mention, too, Jordan Travis, he had Jameis Winston-type numbers last season. But the thing is, is there there's just so much other competition to go against. So he didn't really have that opportunity. But um, he had 300 or 3,214 passing yards last season, 24 touchdowns and five picks with 417 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. This was all last season. And before that, his two years before that, he had over 500 rushing yards. So this was a bad rushing yeah. season for him. And he was still getting around just about every defender that came in his way. On top of that, FSU is making a big jump this next season. And Jordan Travis is going to lead the way to that. It's going to be an offensive showing from Jordan that. Travis. I definitely see that happening. No, yeah, for sure. And then I, my prediction, he's going to throw for over 3,400 passing yards. And he's going to have 29 to 30 touchdowns, passing touchdowns. He's going to have 29 to 30 passing touchdowns. I know it sounds a little crazy, but I, I truly do think that. I don't. I can't exactly tell you how many rushing touchdowns he's going to have because that's a little iffy. I, I definitely like four yeah. or more, definitely. Um, five, And I also got him having 500 rushing yards himself, over 500. Yep. Well, that ends the uh, really our college sports segment for today, right? Do you have anything else? Yeah. No, that's going to be no it. Oh, we're, we are going to move into our NFL playoff bracket and predictions now. Yeah. With Nick. But now John can't gonna be here today, unfortunately. So we're sucks. It's all right. We're his, still gonna go on without him. His picks uh... So we're going to predictions of who's winning and who's gonna go on to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Pretty simple. Uh Nick, do you wanna start it off? Uh wait, so we we're gonna start with like the first round, right? Yeah, we're gonna start with the first round. All right, I'll I'll round, start then. I'll start with the AFC first um so chargers at jags in this game john you can suck it dude i got chargers winning this game my main reason for that jacksonville is gonna do jacksonville things jags are gonna jag as they like to say and um jaguars being nine and eight going against a hungry hungry um Herbo show. I was going to say hippo, but Herbo show for sure. But Justin Herbert, I mean, this guy, he he definitely wants to prove himself for being a top quarterback from his draft class. And on top of that, yeah. you got guys like Austin Eckler. I mean, they just are better than the Chargers in every every which way. I mean, better than the Jaguars in every which way. Sorry. Um, better quarterback, better running back, better secondary. So give me the Chargers in that game. Next game, okay. it's a it's going to be a really fun game to watch because of the rivalry, Ravens at Bengals. But I think it's easy to say Bengals win this. I think that's just easy. Is uh, Lamar going to be back? That's Apparently, yeah. Game. I mean, it, I think that Lamar is going to be back for sure. But 
I don't even think that proves much. Like that doesn't matter that much in my yeah. opinion. I think Bengals still win this, um, mm-hmm. especially with Joe Burrow. Like he already has has this like uh, you know experience. I mean, Lamar has yeah. it, but Lamar hasn't been successful in the playoffs. Exactly. Um, after that, Dolphins at Bills. Tua uh, just confirmed to still be under concussion protocol, so they're going to be relying on Skylar Thompson. This is not even going to be a fun playoff game. It's going to be a wild card game, kind of like we saw with the Bucks versus Eagles, where it was just a blowout, in my opinion. Bills win it big. Bills win big. Um, okay. Do you want to you go ahead with your AFC round one? My AFC? Well, this isn't fun. I have basically I have all the same picks as you, but all right, all right. But I was saying, uh, I think it was stupid for the Chargers to play all their starters in the last game. Mike Williams got hurt in this playoff game. Even without him, I think they're gonna win easily. The Jags are they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I think they're one of the worst teams in this playoff, and they're a young team. A young team that with Trevor Lawrence leading the way, but I saw a video of him trying to hype up hype up his team in the tunnel. Man, I saw a meme saying this man could have hyped me up to make a sandwich in the morning. It was like so bad, <laughs> which was true. It was Sounds like, like a two like K so player, bro. Yeah, Sounds like <laughs> exactly two K yeah. audio. But yeah, I got the Chargers winning that game. Uh, for the next game, I got Bengals beating the Ravens. Like you said, with or without Lamar, Joe Burrow's better in my opinion. Uh, he's gonna he has better weapons as well, way better weapons. Like they have a better defense. No, the Ravens. I'd say the Ravens have better uh, defensive backs. I'll admit they have very good defensive backs. However, the Bengals defense is still very good, and I think they're gonna stop any uh anything the Ravens do. If Lamar's playing, they just have to stop him on the legs. That's basically it. He doesn't have yeah. weapons. Mark Andrews, of course, and then Miami Dolphins versus Bills. Not with the team playing for Demar. I'm not. I probably. I watched the beginning of it, but I already tell it's going to be a blowout. So I got Bills winning that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. Um, AFC round two. It would be a Chargers at Chiefs matchup for the both of us. Um, this is going to be another division rivalry. Um, but it's it's quite simple to say that I would I would have Chiefs in this one. I mean, especially with they already having a bye week and they've proven that they can take care of the Chargers throughout this regular season. I don't think it's any any different here. It's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It's it's basically the equivalent of Brady almost, except for Mahomes has a little bit less luck than Brady. Um, but after that, I would say the next game would be Bengals versus Bills. Uh, Bengals versus Bills, man. This is this is gonna be very fun to watch be because in Buffalo. Yeah, it would be in Buffalo, and I mean, on top of that, like we didn't get to see this matchup earlier this season because of the Demar Hamlin situation. And with that entire Demar Hamlin situation, I mean, you got the Bills who want to do it for Demar, and then you got the Bengals who didn't even get a chance to prove that they were better than the Bills already. Um, it's, it's a toss up here. I think this game, this game needs to happen. If the Ravens win, I'm going to be pissed, but I think that this game bills bangles going to be huge. And I got Josh Allen leading the way I got bills winning this game. That's just my honest opinion. I think that 
I, on top, like the DeMar Hamlin situation happened. You got Josh Allen being Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs being Stefan Diggs. And this is a playoff game. This is where the stakes are the highest. And this is where, I mean, it's very hard to say because Joe, Joey B, you know, Joe Shiesty, he's got that, he's got that a chip on his shoulder from losing the Super Bowl last year. But that chip can only go so far, man, especially when you're playing against this Bills team who arguably should have been the one seed if things weren't, you know, screwed up these past few weeks. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. But I got, I got Bills. So give me a round two. All right. For me, L.A. at Kansas City. I also got Kansas City. Uh, Pat Mahomes always, like, shows down the playoffs. He knows how to beat this team. Justin Herbert's not very experienced in the playoffs. Um, they might not have Mike Williams. Who knows how bad his injury is? Uh, they Keenan Allen's been suffering with that hamstring all year, but uh, I got I think it's gonna be a pretty easy game for the Chiefs. It'll be a closer game, but it's still gonna be pretty like good score difference. And then for me, the Cincinnati at Buffalo, I got Cincinnati winning the game. Wow, like you, said, you got you got Josh really? Allen being Josh Allen's and Diggs being Diggs. You also got Joey B being Joey B and Jamar Chase being Jamar Chase. So, like, I, I have to admit, Bills have a very good defense against, against tough uh, teams. But Bills, Do you think that the Bills O-line can go against – or, sorry, Bengals O-line can go against the Bills D-line, though? I, I do I do think they can. The Bengals have been a very lucky team, too. Like, they, they start off bad. Like, they're like, what, what, is, what happened to this team? Super Bowl team, like, not even doing good anymore? They turned that around, and they went on a streak. Going from like one of the worst, like one one bad team in the beginning of the year to a, now a best team, arguably yeah. a top should arguably could be a top two team if they yeah. who knows if that what that Bengals Bills game would have went like, but I think Joe B Joey B is gonna have a career game in this game. Him and Jamar Chase, T Higgins, T T Higgins I think is probably still gonna be a little, it's gonna be shaking up a little bit. T Higgins and Jamar Chase is gonna go. They have Joe Mixon as well. Joe Mixon run, run all over him, in my opinion. And that's why I got Cincinnati beating Buffalo. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I did not expect that. But this is great because we got two different AFC championships lined up right here. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. My AFC championship is going to be Chiefs at Bills, um, which, you know, who, who really doesn't have it either being Chiefs and Bengals or Chiefs and Bills. But I got it Chiefs and Bills and – You may hate me for this, but I got the Bills winning this game, and I have the Bills winning this game not only for I don't this. Blame you. I don't blame you. I I think because look at it like this. I think I th- always think back on that Stefan Diggs picture, where he's looking up at the Chiefs winning the AFC Championship, and he's standing there wanting his shot. The Diggs has deserved to go to the championship so many times, and this Bills team is so good this year. Just like they were last year, they just got to overcome that speed bump, and that speed bump is the Chiefs. And whenever they can overcome this Chiefs team, they like the the limits are unlimited. It's unlimitless. That's what I meant to say. It's unlimitless. Yeah. What they can do, and the Bills, I think it'd be a super close game, and I think that the Bills have been cheated out of a lot of big wins in their pat in the past few years. And this is their one time to get it right. And if they don't get it right, then Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. But I really do hope that the Bills go, not only for the franchise, but also the fans. 
And also it's just time for them to get there. It's been forever. And let's just hope that they don't go on another four year uh, losing streak in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was a good pick. Not gonna lie. But uh, for me, I have the Cincinnati at Kansas City in my championship game and a rematch of last year. Yep. And I got Cincinnati winning the, again. Really? Joey so Cincinnati going back to back Super Bowls. Joey B has, like you said, has that chip on his shoulder and he wants that championship back. He wants to win it this time. And that's, that's basically all I got that he's going to do the same thing they did in Kansas City last, last year. And Joey B is going to show uh, Patrick Mahomes that he's his daddy. That's true. He, he has been his daddy for quite some time, man. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes is yet to beat Joey B. Yep. It's really awesome. Um, so but now yeah, we're going okay. to our NFC. Yeah, NFC awesome. round one. You want me to start off on this one? Yeah, go ahead. Start it off. All right. So the first first game I'm going to go with is Cowboys and Buccaneers. Now, the Cowboys, good team, good team. But the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys, and they're going to lose to Tom Brady, who's going to be Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, Brady, no, I, for sure. It's Tom Brady's a GOAT. He knows he might have had a bad year. But I will never doubt Tom Brady in the playoffs. When it's the playoffs, it's a new team for him. It's he's going and he's playing as hard as he plays. His favorite Super Bowl ring is the next one. He wants that this year to be the next one. My next game is the Giants and Vikings. And I don't think this one's gonna be that close in my opinion. I doubt the Vikings winning. Even though the right. Vikings has had have had some bad losses. I think it does that's not gonna matter in this game. I gonna I'm gonna have Vikings winning with Justin Jefferson. I think he's gonna have over like 100 yard 100 yards receiving. Kirk Cousins is gonna have a good game, but I got Vikings. And then for the last one, Niners and Seahawks. Easy easy decision. <laughs> I remember seeing that the video of just Pete Carroll riding. Right <laughs> <laughs> Pete Carroll scooting in, bro. Like, and then you guys, not like today. Or no, yeah, something. I think I think it was recently because. It was people talking about, like, oh, the Seahawks are worried about playing the 49ers. And you just got Gino, who's, like, just dancing around. You got Pete Carroll riding in on the scooter. <laughs> I, I I don't – he came out of nowhere. I was not nowhere. expecting that. Like, I was like, all right, there's Gino just dancing stuff. Then just in the corner, just Pete riding a scooter all the way Like, they're playing a hard team. Like, arguably the one of the best teams in this playoff. Hey, dude, not- they – they are the definition of just happy to be there. I mean, everybody <laughs> had the Seahawks getting a first-round pick. I mean, they got them having a first-round pick like this year, and then they made the playoffs with Gino. I mean, I am, yeah, I'm crazy. so stoked for them. I'm so stoked for them. Yeah, but unfortunately, I got the 49ers wiping the floor. Yeah, on their team. yeah. <laughs> hey, they're, they're just happy to be there, though. Just... They are, <laughs> dude. They're just happy John that they say. made – yeah, happy to be involved. Shout out, John. That needs to be a shirt. Merch coming soon. But um, <laughs> yeah. So Cowboys at Bucks, hundred percent Bucks. Not only because I'm a fan, but also because, like you said, it's Tom Brady. And I mean, Tom Brady going out in the first round—that's almost unheard of. I mean, this Bucks team is a lot shittier than they were last season. I mean, it's just the truth. Last season, Tom you know, with worse, he has. He definitely has. And like, this is going to be no, no different. And. I didn't watch the Bucks versus Falcons game. I don't even really know all the stats and all that happened between that. Falcons somehow won, but I don't think it, it didn't really matter whatsoever. Right. But 
Okay. So, I mean, yeah. And Kyle Trask played, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just think that Brady in this game against the Cowboys, it's at, it's at Raymond James, which is great. Uh, the fans are going to show up as they always do uh, for these big games. And I mean, Tom Brady's there. So obviously the fans are going to come and there, there's surprisingly a lot of cowboy cow fans that live in Florida. Like there's a bunch of cowgirl fans that live in Florida and it's just, it's annoying, bro, but they are here and they're going to show up to that game too. And they're going to be annoying as they always are. But um, I got the Bucks, Brady, Evans connection coming in this playoff game. Everybody, I think this is hard. This That's a hard game because a lot of people are either going to have the Cowboys choking or the Bucks choking. It's, it's going to be either or. And historically, the Cowboys are going to be the ones to choke. Um, the next game, it's going to be Giants at Vikings. Give me the Giants. I know what you're thinking here, but there is bound to be an upset in this playoffs, especially with these teams. And the one thing, this is this is my hundred percent main reason why I have the Giants winning. It's not at noon. It is not at noon. This game is not at noon. Oh, and right. Kirk Cousins, right. Kirk Cousins, all all of what they have four losses this season. Yeah, around that. All four four losses. losses have not been at noon. <laughs> and the Giants win this game. The Giants. Um, you know, they get they get a little bit of momentum back from their fan base. And boy, have I seen a lot of TikToks with Danny Dimes holding a damn Lombardi trophy. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it's all the Giants fans are thinking it will, you know, new Eli Manning, whatnot. But we'll see what happens. I got Giants beating the Vikings in an upset. Okay. Uh, lastly, last but not least, you got the 49ers and Seahawks, 49ers all the way. Brock Purdy's still undefeated. I mean, Geno Smith, don't get me wrong, he's going to play his heart out. He has something to prove. And, I mean, the Seahawks, obviously they don't seem to care that much <laughs> about what's happening. Um, but, you know, they're, they're still going to play their A game. Uh, but it's going to be in San Fran, and it, it's, it's just going it, to – it could be a blowout, honestly. But for, I got 49ers. Yep. Good picks. Good picks. Okay, the next – for the second round, it will be – Bucks at Eagles. Mm. Now, <sighs> for the Eagles are going to be our favorite, obviously. Showing a great year. Great year. However, great year. like you said, there's going to be an upset, and I think this is going to be the upset. Bucks beating the Eagles. Tom really? Brady okay. for Tom Brady will be Tom Brady. And the Eagles, I'm pretty sure, have been dealing with injuries in the, past, in the late season. Yes, and they I, have. And I also I think the Eagles are going to show that they are frauds in this in this playoffs. I think there are teams better than them in the NFC. The record might not show it, but I got other teams being better than them. For the next one, it's going to be for me Vikings versus 49ers. I got 49ers winning. He, should, in my opinion, like I said, this whole every time we since we brought up Brock Purdy, he should be the face of the 49ers, the new their new quarterback going forward, not Trey Lance. He has shown that he deserves it. He does. He's done better than what Trey Lance has done when he played, even though he's gotten hurt. He's not injury prone like Trey Lance has, is. And yeah. he's gonna. Hey, he has McCaffrey. He has Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. All these weapons plus oh. a great defense against uh 
a Vikings team that tends to choke in situations. And like you said, this game will not be at noon, I don't think. It's going to be the number one seed facing the Vikings, so it won't be at noon. So Viking has that on them. Kirk Cousins doesn't do good in that time. And Justin Jefferson is going to be locked up in that game, I feel like. And that's why I have 49ers beating the Minnesota to bring them back to the Super Bowl. Super, super solid picks, bro. Super solid. Um, for me, Bucks versus Eagles. You know, as you as you already mentioned, the upsets are there. The Eagles are dealing with injuries. The Bucks are the Bucks, an eight and nine Bucks team playing against the what thirteen and three Eagles or thirteen and four Eagles. Yeah. Um, three lost Eagles. Yeah, three lo- or maybe they're fourteen and three. Um, yeah. That makes more sense. There's 17 games. Anyways, the Eagles versus the Bucks. Boy, is this going to be – no, 17 games, 18 weeks. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. My bad. So then you got the Eagles versus Bucks. Give me the Buccaneers in this game. I got to agree with you. The Eagles, they seem like they, they're definitely frauds. And, I mean, you're going against Brady. You know, you got Brady. On top of that, Jalen Hurts has been dealing with injury as well. A lot of injuries on the Eagles side. I think that the Eagles get they just get an upset here, or, or like the Bucks provide the upset to the Eagles, and it's just it's just gonna. I, I mean, you've already explained most of everything I'm saying, so past that, uh, I in my game I have 49ers versus Giants, and uh, I don't think there's much to discuss here. 49ers beat the Giants. Giants have squeaked. Like another upset. <laughs> nah, giant. Nah, Giants have squeaked by some games, and Danny Dimes against uh, proven good defenses hasn't been that great. So the 49ers defense going against them won't be an issue. You got Brock Purdy, Purdy leading the way with a bunch of his weapons. Hey, I just said Brock Purdy. That's actually a fire ass name, but Brock Purdy is leading the way, and then it's it's just gonna be awesome. I mean, the, the 49ers are gonna crush the Giants in this game, so. That means I got 49ers and Bucks in my NFC championship game. I think you have the same one here. For me, I have the 49ers going back to the Super Bowl this year. The end of the line for Tom Brady's playoff, playing a tough, tough defense in the 49ers. Probably the hardest defense he played this year. He's going to play in the playoffs. This plus the offensive powerhouse the 49ers have that this their defense has not been able to stop this year. Their defense has not been good, unfortunately. It's hard to say. I like the Bucks and Tom Brady, but being the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, I, I, I have the 49ers doing it here, too. I mean, the 49ers absolutely crushed the same Bucks team, 35-7, to in the regular season. I mean, I think they didn't get it done again. It was with Brock Purdy. These are the same teams matching up. Tom Brady could have more of that chip on his shoulder to win the game, but I think Tom Brady comes up uh, in another NFC championship loss. And it, that pains me to say, and I really hope it doesn't happen, but 49ers go to the Super Bowl yet again. And uh, yeah, we have the same, same agreement, but we do have a, a different Super Bowls here. Different Super I have, Bowl I have bills versus uh, 49ers in Super Bowl 57. And you have who? The uh, Bengals and the 49ers. 49ers. Give your thoughts so, on the Super Bowl. Say what? We'll go. We'll start with you. Give your thoughts okay. on your Super Bowl. 
my Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, highly anticipated Super Bowl, I feel. Um, the final score, final score for this game, 35 to 28 Bills. I'm riding wow. with the Bills all the way. I've been hinting towards it through every game I've talked about. The Bills come up big this year. They finally get it done. They finally, finally get it done. And Brock Purdy loses his first game of being a starter in the Super Bowl, which will be insane. But this is if this Super Bowl happens, Bills versus 49ers, boys are going to be an instant classic. Instant classic. There's so many storylines that line up to this game. And I, I just can't wait for it. Bills, Bills win 35-28. And if this would be crazy if I correct if mm-hmm. I predict all this, this would be insane. If you predict all yours. I don't know. We might we might so, end up so TikTok famous, come, bro. bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cincinnati versus 49ers. Both teams have been to the Super Bowl in the past two years. Well, 49ers two years ago, Bengals now last year. Yeah. Both lost. Both want that Super Bowl win. I have San Francisco winning 34 to 31 in a Super Bowl classic. Cincinnati losing. I think Joey Joey B is gonna ha- have another upset. Like gonna get another be upset. Sorry, I'm trying to speak over my words. It's gonna be upset again, losing it with the remarkable story of being undefeated in the NFL. It's gonna be a crazy story for him. McCaffrey's gonna get his ring. George Kittle's gonna get a ring. And I just think they're gonna be amazing in this Super Bowl. They're gonna sh- have the game of their life tonight. This game. Wow. And I think that the Bengals in the past, their Super Bowl before the Rams, they lost to the 49ers. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember which Super Bowl it was, but yeah, wow. And then they lose again, according to your prediction. So, and like God. you said, the, the Bengals have that rough O line. Yeah, not going to add up 40. against the 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's going to, they're going to pull it through this time. Maybe next mm-hmm. year, but I don't think it's gonna be this year. We'll see. We'll see how our predictions line up, and we'll definitely make a Instagram post about this. Get some people riled up. Maybe some TikTok clips. We'll see. Um, you keep cutting out, so it's kind of pissing me off. But thank you, Zoom Zoom Pro. You guys are doing <laughs> awesome. We love you guys. Um, but let's just keep moving forward. That was our NFL playoff prediction. Can't wait to see how it pans out. But new segment. And we are going to be doing this more in the future when we come around to it. Who's your daddy? Who is your daddy? And we're going to be talking about our fathers for NFL teams. So I'll start us off. I'm going to do both of my teams because um, I do support the Browns and the Bucks. Uh, but one thing I wanted to mention, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if you've ever realized this about me, but I'm not passionate about like any NFL team. Like, there's no, like, passion behind any of my NFL teams. I I don't like – I just do. Like, I like – I just like the NFL, really. And, like, I have the teams that I've rooted for since I was young, which has kind of just gave me teams to root for every Sunday. But I really – like, when it comes to Tennessee and UCF, like, I'm the most passionate fan you've ever seen. But when it comes to, like, the Bucks and the Browns, it's, there's not there's not much passion there. And on top of that, I mean, that I catch myself rooting for the Dolphins and the Titans every now and then, too. So – it's really just a mix-up for me, and I just love the game. But if I did have to have to pick, I'll go with my two. My number one, the father of the Browns, Ben Roethlisberger. 
Ben Roethlisberger, whenever he was on his tenure with the Steelers, he was 29-6-1 against the Browns. And uh, the craziest part was he was 17-1 and at home against them. So, I mean, obviously it's the Browns. I think everybody's their father at this point. But Even winning. Yeah, even winning. Which brings me to my next father. The father of the Buccaneers franchise is winning. They've been um, – They've been under 500. They've been almost close to under 400. They've been at uh, 0.402 uh, winning percentage despite the season. They were um, at 0.402. So, I mean, their father is definitely winning. But the times that they do have their good seasons, Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's incredible. But uh, besides the point, when they don't have their good seasons, they just can't win games. And it's, it's sad to see. And, like, especially when it comes to Sundays and you're ready to watch some Buccaneers football, they can't get the job done and you are forced to turn the TV off half the time. So, or you're forced to watch, you know, another game that you don't really care about the teams as much, but Hey, it's NFL. So you have that. So uh, yeah, Mike, who's your daddy? I don't think it's really like a surprise. It's Eli Manning. I'm a Patriots fan and Eli Manning is our dad. Nothing to say really. Beat us in two Super Bowls, stripping us from an undefeated season. Oh my God, I wasn't like I didn't watch those games, but just I watched I watched them. But with that, he got lucky with the stupid catch on the helmet. It's Eli Manning. He owns Tom Brady and the Patriots. There's nothing we can say about it. Can't defend it. Could you could you could you say that your stepdaddy is Nick Foles? I mean, he's only beaten us once. It was in a Super Bowl, so I wouldn't put him in a. Give us another game with that. We beat them. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. All right. That was, that was a fun little segment. In the future, we'll be able to do that for MLB teams, college teams, all of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, that, that was fun. That was fun. Um, another short segment that we want to introduce, and this was given to me by one of our – or it wasn't given to me, but it, I had the idea from our fellow uh, friend and uh, previous guest, Marshall, um, he said something really great about our podcast, which was like, we're just like lunch table talk, which is a great way of looking at it. I love, I love that. And uh, so that's why this segment is called lunch table talk. And we're just going to be spouting off whatever about the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the commentating goat, um, sports center goat, whatever you want to name him, Skid Bayless. Um, I, I had this idea pop into my head because recently Skid Bayless has been in a lot of news. And I mean, Skip Bayless is usually in memes for years now. He's been in memes. Uh, he, he is a meme at this point. When you think of Skip Bayless, you don't think of him with his actual credibility. You think of him as kind of just this meme guy that's on SportsCenter ready to spout out some stupid shit that's going to be on NFL hate memes and stuff like that. So I think, I think to start it off is one of the best things about Skip Bayless, in my opinion, is his 2 a.m. Uh, videos and posts that he makes. Do you know what I'm talking about, Michael? Yeah, he I do. He, he makes these 2 a.m. posts. Like he shows his like crappy alarm clock at like 2:12 in the morning, and then it's just like he it's targeted at LeBron. Uh, I mean, Skid Bayless just is like the biggest LeBron hater you've ever seen. Um, so he does this 2 a.m. thing. He's like up at the treadmill at 2 a.m. I don't. I don't really understand that. That's like way too early or in some cases way too late to be doing going on the treadmill, <laughs> but, but he does it in spite of LeBron James, which is the biggest, the, it's just the funniest thing ever. And the fact that LeBron James has never acknowledged Skip Bayless just makes it <laughs> 10 times better. 
Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add? He has tweeted before that Carmelo Anthony is better than LeBron James. And I mean, <laughs> there's no way, no way in heck, no LeBron, be honest with yourself. Like, dude. Man, <laughs> it's, on the it's judges, skip. skip Bayless. Uh, his he made a terrible mistake with his late with one of his latest tweets about the Demario. Oh yeah, situation. oh yeah, yeah. So stupid of him, like, and he refused to take it down. Like, there's everyone, yeah, no one was. I don't think anyone was on his side for that. Like, that was terrible. No, no, it wasn't. Like, he was literally complaining about a game not being played because a player almost freaking died, like, on the field, and he's tweeting about like how it end the game. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's a it's a very good reason in the game. And I mean, after that, I mean the man was like man's been canceled, but then he's just like getting canceled even more because of that. And it and the canceling of Skid Bayless got so bad that he actually he was supporting LeBron James on uh in the last episode of like Shannon and, and Skip or whatever the name of their show is, Undisputed. Uh, he was he was shouting out LeBron James, and this happened around the time LeBron James had his 39th birthday, and he was like just praising LeBron, like that's how bad he got canceled. He was praising LeBron on the show for the entire show. And back to Undisputed, um, there was I saw this clip the other day, which kind of got me thinking about this topic as well. Shannon had got a Shannon Sharp had got a call um, on on set that his like. Uh, grandson had been born right and like Shannon Sharp is excited as all like grandparents should be like you're excited you just got like your I think it was his first grandchild even so I mean this was huge for him and uh shout out Skip, uh, Shannon Sharp he was like joking around how it was a like, grand goat which is awesome grand goat I like that name um but the entire time Skip Bayless acted, <laughs> acted like he did not care at all he just wanted to keep getting on with the show he was like he was like oh wow yeah wow okay He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah, that's crazy. That, yeah, no, like, for real, he acted like that. And and on top of all of this, on top of all of the Skip Bayless slander, one of the biggest things to slander him about, he's a Cowboys fan. On top of that, he's, like, a Brady fan, which I I never really, like, have fully understood yeah, he, the entire never... connection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is definitely one of the biggest Cowboy fans. Yeah, him and Shannon Sharp just like arguing over like goats of sports. Yeah. I love that show. It's so funny. They just get so mad at each other. Yeah, no, they <laughs> it's do. Like they hate each other, but they work together. They're just so funny. <laughs> I know they got to walk into the studio like every day, and like they don't seem like they like get along at all. I I doubt that they even text about like work. You know, or anything like that. I mean, they just, they're just there. So, oh man. Uh, do you have any else, anything else to say about Skip? That's all I have for the Skip. The ESPN Sports Center GOAT. Um, another one of our shorter segments that we just wanted to bring up because we are, you know, super, super unbiased. We never are biased at all about anything on this podcast. We're probably the most trustworthy podcast out there with all of our takes and locks and everything like that. Um, so let's just dive right into UCF and how great that they were uh, last season. <laughs> so, um, no, uh, they weren't, they weren't, I, I only really have three, three of the teams 
on my script that I wanted to talk about, which number one was a disappointing nine and four season for the football team. Um, we did make the conference championship game, which was, which was great. Um, great. It was, it was, a, it wasn't the best way to end our uh, run in the big or in the American athletic conference, but it, it, it definitely was, you know, cool to go to the conference championship game with our last time being there. Shout out to Tulane. You guys are going to run it. Uh, we've been running it for the past, you know, almost decade now or whatever. So yeah. it's, it's been great for UCF. Uh, another thing was the baseball team. Uh, they were 35 and 25 uh, last season, and they were 14 and 10 in their in-conference play. They finished second in the American Conference behind ECU, East Carolina University, who was 20 and four in conference play. So there was a huge gap in the entire American conference between teams here. Yeah. And they, they got far in the AAC championship tournament. They got to the semifinals and they lost to Houston. So um, obviously our team still did better than USF in baseball. So that's always a big thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I've been hearing some things about like this guy, I haven't heard much about him uh, recently, but I have heard in the past this guy, Corbin Little, is going to be like running the show at USF baseball and potentially could be handing some UCFLs out. Todd, baseball player. Uh, you know, he, I, I, I can't hate him, man. I've, I've seen, I've seen some of his high school uh, highlights and man, he, he looks like a great pitcher. Maybe he can get the job done, but it's UCF baseball. So I, I can't really. Who Corbin Little? Corbin, I want to meet him so bad. Like that would be like, like awesome, dude. Dude, if we got to meet him, bro, I don't, I don't even know. I think I'd fangirl. Like I would be jumping up and down. Like I, I that'd be insane. Like, breeze, if man, like that would be crazy. And like, I, I, I can get in contact with him. Any of you viewers, if you guys somehow know him, some I don't know how you know him, but if you did, you could reach out, see if he wants to join. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Besides that point, um, shout out Corbin Little. Anyways, basketball team, we were eight and twelve overall, nine and nine in conference play. God, this is this is really bad. I'm not gonna lie. This is very mediocre. Uh six in the AAC. So we were basically like the most mediocre team in the athletic con American Athletic Conference. And we missed March Madness. So I'm hoping this year we're able to turn some things around, which our basketball team does seem like they are. They only have two losses as of right now. Tonight is the big game against a conference rival Memphis. So I'm excited to see what happens there for, for, for sure. Um, so the next segment we have is NBA games of the weekend. Um, Mike, Michael didn't really send me what, what games he was going to pick. So I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to listen to what Mike has to say here. All right, let me pull up. I have them here. But I just want to pull up ESPN and make sure I get that. So my first game Thursday, the day we were, we released this Thursday night game. Bucks are at Heat. Going to be a great game for them to play. It's the best game of that day, honestly. And then uh, for I just want to say I got Bucks winning that. By the way, um, for Friday there's a couple good games. Got first one. Nuggets at 7-13. The Clippers are 22-21 and 21 as of one week. It's going to be a great game. Two very good teams. Clippers with Kawhi. Nuggets with Jokic. Uh, I think Kawhi is going to pull this team through in this game. That's why I got the Clippers winning. 
And then my other game for the day is Thunder at Bulls. Two young teams, but they're both. The Thunder are 18 and 23. The Bulls are dealing with injuries on their team. And the Thunder are just a very young team that's been showing that they're going to be a team of the future. And I got, because of that, I got the Thunder winning. They have great players with Shy Alexander. Wow, what a what a player that guy is. Saturday, January 14th, pretty much every game playing this day is good. But the most interesting of that get that day, I'm going to say the Bucks and Heat are playing again. Which is a two series, basically a series with them. Two games yeah. back to back. I got I got the Bucks winning again on this one. I think they're they're just going to show the Heat that they they own them. And then also another big game, 76ers at Jazz. 76ers, good team with jo- being led by Joel Embiid and the Jazz with I cannot say his name is Lori Mark Markinen, right? Mark Lori Markinen, like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, his team. He has been showing that he he's not the next Donovan Mitchell, but like he has been a good replacement for him. Same with uh uh oh my god, what's Jordan Clarkson? Jordan Clarkson, sorry. Yeah. And that them two have been carrying this team to a twenty one and twenty three record. And because of that, I think I see them upsetting the jet the seventy sixers. For my last day, Sun Warriors at Bulls. With Steph Curry back, finally. They're gonna beat easily this young hurt Bulls team. And then my next game, Mavs at Trailblazers. Luka Doncic gonna show what he does best against Damian Lillard and win that game. And that's all I have for NBA games of the weekend. Let's go. There's gonna be some great games, especially that uh Trailblazers Mavs Mavs game for sure. I do think it's gonna be a good game. Um th- thank you. NBA games of the week weekend actually uh so yeah this is this is gonna be a fun little segment here uh that we that we can do in the future for different sports and as times change yeah. there's gonna be a lot of different players um so I, I was really hoping to see who john picked for this but john's gonna be john and john and show so we're just gonna have me and you and who is the biggest baseball baseball I guy got a big one for this one i think I, why not should i start it off for you i'm I don't care. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. You seem excited. For me, I am basing this off of something that happened in this last last season. To me, the biggest baseball guy is a man known by Tommy Pham. <laughs> what happened in this? Oh, this is so funny. So during batting practice, the before it was in May, May 27th game, between San Francisco Giants and Cincinnati Reds, walked out to left field while the Giants were warming up, Confronted Jock Peterson and slapped him right in the face. Slapped him right in the face. No, <laughs> no one knew why at first, and then later on we get a uh, we get news that it was over a fantasy fantasy event that they're in a fantasy league, and it was because of usage of the injured reserve because he was quote unquote stashing players who was ruled out <laughs> for the game. And evidently, Pham held on to that grudge for like nine months. <laughs> nine months. And because we walked out there, slapped him in the face, and left. It was is that we eventually found out that Mike Trout was the commissioner and Alex Bregman was the winner of this 12-man fantasy league. <laughs> now, do you know what, do you know what fantasy so this funny. was for? Was this for fantasy baseball or fantasy football? 
I it doesn't say it. I it was, but uh, he just in my opinion, Tommy Pham doesn't give two two fucks about what he does. And when it comes to Bayshon, turned around, Walker fantasy. It's just funny to me. Dude, that is an awesome pick. And I'm sure I would have a better pick if I, like, watched baseball more and kept up with baseball more. But this is going to be no surprise who my most baseball baseball guy is. And that is going to be the man, G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi is forever going to be my favorite player, no matter if he isn't on the Rays or not. He's always going to be my favorite player. And he's one of the biggest baseball baseball guys I know. Because who is willing, man? Who is willing to break their entire dick by splitting, uh, doing the splits to catch a first baseball in the 2020 World Series game? I mean, this man, and this isn't the first time he's done the splits to catch the ball. It's G-Man fucking Choi, bro. He's going he's gonna to do the splits all the time and catch the ball. It's crazy. On top of that, he re- actually replied to me on an Instagram story. So shout out G-Man Choi. Um, yeah, he had like a little, yeah, he had like a little like question thing. Um, and I responded to it and he's, and he <laughs> sent something back. It's somewhere in my camera roll. I forgot what it was, but a hey, shout out to G-Man for that. Not only do I have a jersey of him, he's just the biggest baseball, baseball guy there is because this man loves baseball. Like if you are to follow him on social media, he live streams like a lot of like the baseball like stuff that he does. He also just live streams in general. Like dude will just be like chilling with his dog, this little cute little white fur ball of a dog that he has. And they just like chill on live stream. And I mean, half the time he doesn't know like what we're saying because it's in English, but Hey, I mean, he's still, he's still being that guy. And he, not only that, but he loves the fans. He loves the fans. He loves the Rays fan base so much. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention for mine would have been Brett Phillips. He's a big baseball guy, you could say. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Even as a Red Sox fan, I do like Brett Phillips. He was fun to watch. But, yeah, that that wraps up everything for me. All right, yeah. That segment. That was was fun. Um, we're, We're dwindling down here to our last few segments. And this is a segment that I'm mainly going to let Mike control because um i thought it again i thought john would be here but that's besides the point which is our countdown of the best mlb players going into the next season our top five players going into the next season and um so yeah michael to start us off actually i'll start i'll start us off with my list because my list is obviously i'm i'm not going to know too much about what i'm talking about but i do know these players names obviously and i think that they'll still do good next season uh, so at my five, I got Aaron Judge. I think that he was coming off a great year last year, you know, the home run record and all that stuff for the AL, right? So, yeah, I mean, he, he had a great year. I just don't think that he'll be number one like he was last year because the games change. Um, at my four, I got Paul Goldschmidt, you know, on the Cardinals. I think that he's going to – this is going to be like another great year for him. He was already top five last season, in my opinion. Um, so this year he's just going to make a bigger run at my three, this is going to, um, make some Braves fans cream their pants, but I got, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, is that how you pronounce his name? Ronald Acuna. Acuna, Yeah. Yeah. So he, dude, past few seasons, he's, he's been hitting bombs. And I mean, uh, I think that he dealt with a little bit of an injury last season, correct? Yeah, he did. He did. So this season coming up off the injury, 
bombs after bombs for the Braves franchise, all coming from Ronald Acuna Jr., I think it's going to be a great year for him. At my number two spot, give me Manny Machado. I think that he gets back in the game. And I, I know Manny Machado at number two is a little bit high, but the Padres team next season is going to be a very stacked team, very fun to watch team. And I think Manny Machado is going to lead the way. Um, and at my number one, I got Shoei Otani having another fantastic year as he's been having for the past few years now. And he's going to be the number one player in the league. I think that he's going to be such a so – he's. this is my personal opinion, and I don't know much about baseball, but Shoei Otani could be okay. the cover – Shoei. Shoei Otani could be uh, the face of another MLB game. He could go – he could be on two covers. Wow. That, that's not that's not like a hot – like that, I can see that that easily happening. He's like an amazing player, which leads me into my list. My number five, I am going Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander last season, he's going to be 40 this season. Last season, he played 28 games. He went 18 and four with a 1.75 ERA and a 0.829 whip. He is showing he is the man in the, on the mound. He is one of the best. I'd say he's top three pitchers for sure. But because I'm putting him here above these other two pitchers because he stays healthy most of the time, other than his uh, he had an injury two years ago that kept mm-hmm. him out the year. But when he plays, he is a bomb, just like Degrom, just like Max Scherzer, just like any other of the star pitchers. But this man delivers even at his age. That's why I have him at five. For my number four, I'm going Freddie Freeman. He's going to be 33. He's on the Dodgers, obviously, now. He's going to be well-acquainted on the Dodgers. Last season, he did great, amazing. He had a batting average of 325 with 21 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 159 games, and 708 plate appearances. He led the league in plate appearances, runs, hits, doubles, and on-base percentage. He was an all-star and was a baller last year. He just came right behind Paul Goldschmidt in uh, MVP voting. Uh, for my number three, you had Manny Machado on your list somewhere on your list, and you thought you said he's going to lead the San Diego Padres. In my opinion, I think Juan Soto is going to lead this team. I, that's okay. why I have him. Yeah, that's fair to say. He's young at the age of 24. Last year wasn't his best year. He got traded to the the Padres. He's still going in. However, he still batted 242 with 27 home runs. 62 RBIs and 153 games played and 664 plate appearances. He had an all-star season, a silver slugger season, and let's not mm-hmm. forget that awesome home home run derby he won. Uh, that, yeah. was one, that was a very fun home run derby to watch. Him versus Julio Rodriguez, very fun. For my number two, he's going to be 28 next season, the dual threat MLB player, the scariest type of player. Mm-hmm. Player. Pitching and hitting. He batted 273 hitting with 34 home runs, 95 RBIs, and 157 games played in 660. He had 28 games played with a 15 9 record and a 2.33 ERA. Uh, and he came in fourth in Scion. He is a beast when it comes to baseball. Like he is this one of the, if not the scariest, one of the scariest players to face at the plate or on the mound. Do you understand what a whip is? 
No, I was going to ask you about that. What is it? So whip, it stands for walks and hits per innings pitched. Okay. A good whip is anywhere around one. And a career whip below one is very rare. There are only two pitchers with a minimum of 1,000 innings pitched that have a whip below one. So if it's around one, it is very, very good. Under one is amazing. Mm. Shohei Otani had a 1.012 whip last season, and Justin Verlander had a 0.829 whip. Two, amazing for pitchers. Very good. That's why I have Shohei at two. And mm. my number one, he batted 283 last season with 40 home runs, 80 RBIs, mm. and 119 games played and 499 plate appearances. He can't. He was all-star appearance with eighth at MVP with the Silver Slugger, and he did all of that when he started the season injured. Wow. Who is this mystery he man? One of his career highs of 40 home runs in a season. Man is a slugger on at the plate, and he is a great defender in the field. He is showing why he is the greatest player in baseball. He is going to go down as a first ball Hall of Fame. If it's not unanimous, it's... I think, I think I know who this is. I think I know. Oh, did you not hear who it was? No, I cut out. It was Mike Trout. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, got, I guess you're right. Yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> he is a great player. He, like I said, he he comes in MVP votings. Like he, usually, he's always an MVP talk throughout the whole season. Whether it's a bad season for him, is batting in the two eighties, which is like a good season for a lot of players. It's crazy yeah. how good the player is, and that's my top five uh, players. Dude, that's super solid. I, I can't wait to see a graphic about that. Honestly, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, so that that was wrapping up the countdown for us of our top five MLB players going into next season, and um, one of our last two segments. Honestly, I think we can get rid of Mike's locks. I don't really think there's yeah, much we can skip over Mike's locks for tonight. We can really. So this will be our last segment of the day, which is draft day. Uh, best people named Justin, and this is going to be a super fun one for sure. And um, I believe I have the first overall pick in this one. You do. So is this going to be a snake draft because there's only two of no, us? No, we'll just go back and forth. There's just two. Yeah. Of us. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. So with all right, best people named Justin draft with the first overall pick, Michael. Give me the first person that comes to mind for at least our generation. I guess Justin Bieber. Good pick. I good I think that there's pick. I I really do think that there's like a top three for the Justins, but. And this this is in the top three, so I mean, there's not much you can argue with here. All right, all right. I'm your first, your first pick. My first pick. My my first pick will be serious. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. You cut out at the worst times. I swear. Like you can like hear everything you say, and then you'd be like the one point that you're trying to make, it just <laughs> cuts out right there. So you just went I'll Justin, and then it just Justin Timberlake. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, no, he's definitely in, in the in the top three. And I, if you didn't pick him, if you didn't pick him, like, oh man, um, I really, I hope you don't pick. I think I heard you say, I really hope you don't pick who I'm gonna pick next. Um, but uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I just might give me Justin Jefferson. Um, no, that's not okay. That's good. Oh, that's not who you're gonna pick. Okay. Justin Jefferson at my number two. Um, I do kind of think I know who you're going to pick here. 
but I could be wrong, and I could steal him. But my my pick is Justin from Fortnite. Oh, what? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. All right, that's awesome. All right, that's funny. Is he like the default skin? No, it's just you know, are you cracked up Fortnite? You know that meme is like, uh, my friend Justin. Yeah, he's cracked uh... up Fortnite, my guy. Oh, dude, I totally forgot about that one. That is honestly so funny. A, a little bit early for that pick, I'd say. Um, you would have him. That's why. Because I thought you were, this is, <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't going to have him. Um, But <laughs> I'm going to steal this. Crap. I'm going to steal this since I already have, like, an athlete. I'm going to go ahead and steal this one from you. Give me Justin Russo from Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Give me that one. Give me him. Great team player. Great leader. Even <sighs> go the the athlete route. I'm gonna pick Justin Verlander. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean that's super solid. It's you know we we just got done talking about him, so that's yeah. that's even better. Um. Yeah. So there's obviously still a lot of just. It was hard to kind of find some Justins, but now since there's only two of us, there's a lot to choose from. Um, but I'll stick on the athlete route for my fourth overall pick and give me the best kicker to ever live, Justin Tucker. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. He's he's one of the best Justins, in my opinion, especially recently. Okay. For my next pick, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I mean, he's obvious on, on my list. That's a super good pick. Um, so what? It's my last pick now, right? Yeah. You're... All right. Last I totally pick. could. I totally could stick stick to athletes. There's there's quite a few athletes named Justin. Um, but I will end my picks of the best Justins with one of the funniest Justins that I can think of. Justin Roiland, the creator of Rick and Morty. Why do you say his last name? Uh, Roiland, R-O-I-L-A-N-D. All right. Damn, that was a good one. I didn't even think of him. Now, there's yeah. two things I can go for. Like, my last pick is not going to be anything big. Uh, I can go, you know, I'm just going to go the UFC route. There's a fighter, a beast named Justin Gaethje. He is a f- very cool guy to watch. That's just my personal pick. I, he's a fun Fun little pick for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He uh is a great UFC fighter. Is that is that all your picks then? That is all my picks. So let's I'll just end it. Um <laughs> I'll end it for us. Round one. Here, put it up, up on the screen again. Round one, I had Justin Bieber. I had Justin Jefferson, Justin Russo from Wizards of Waverly Place, Justin Tucker, and Justin Royland. Mike had Justin Timberlake, Justin from Fortnite, <laughs> Justin Verlander, Justin Herbert, and Justin Gaethje. So um, let us know who won. Uh, there, there is some like some of the other ones that I had on here. Justin Fields, yeah, Justin, Justin Turner for an MLB. Well. Um, but one that I was surprised neither of us picked which I was going to pick, but I there were so many better ones. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. He's like one of the oh, most yeah. known Justins yeah. at the moment, too. 
then I also but have, he's just yeah. so lame, bro. He's so yeah, lame. Not a good pick. I I have a guy named Justin Chambers on here. He's a Grey's Anatomy character. I know all the girls like fangirl over that show, so I know he's. I saw that. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna add him to my list because I was expecting John w- would be here, so he, I probably would have taken him. If yeah, there was an, there was another dude. There was an actor named Justin Long, and he was the voice of Alvin and the Chipmunks in like all the movies. And uh, also, if you like saw a picture of him, you would know him. You know who I'm talking about. Um, but he he was a great pick if it would have came to that. Also, Justin from Total Drama Island. <laughs> that was that was gonna be one of my picks because I I knew that there was I thought that John would be here, so I had like more lined up. Because also there was like Justin Holiday on the Pacers could have went that route. There's a lot of good routes to go, but anyways that is gonna end it for episode 10 everyone we're already 10 episodes in we're just now reaching i think we're just a little bit over a month now which was which is really great to great to get this far uh we're proud to have our first sponsorship sponsorship with w um use our promo code against the call for 10 percent off your next purchase um so yeah there's there's gonna be really big uh big things coming up soon let all of your friends and family know. Leave a great review for us. If you've got this far, um, just thank you so much for listening this far. And throughout all of the difficulties that Zoom has to bring, uh, we're going to try and bring you the best content available. And we're hoping that some big names are going to be joining our podcast soon. So make sure you tune in for that. But uh, as always, have a great rest of your day, guys. And we'll see you in the next one.